Welcome to the Yal Mega Podcast, where we delve into the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs, motivational coaches, and business leaders. Join us as we hear about their journey to success and the challenges they face along the way. We'll uncover their secrets to perseverance and determination and gain valuable insights into what it takes to reach your goals. The journey may not be beautiful, but it is always purposeful. So sit back, relax, and be ready to be inspired by those who have dared to dream big and make it a reality. Hey, 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 everybody. What's going on? It's your boy, Omega. Thank you for coming and listening to another out Michael podcast and today we have an amazing guest this person is an award-winning media advisor he's the editor-in-chief of i have a podcast so do i oh my god can't wait to learn more about what what he's doing here though i mean he's had a, a, a crazy journey mtv everything he's worked with top stars and top businesses paving the way but teaching others how to make it big too using their brand all right so let's learn about this from the one the only vinny Postetivo. Hey. how you doing yo hola <laughs> mi gente mi amo vicente first off your your the amp are you kidding me that those three letters amp lined up so perfectly for you right you know how, i mean <laughs> i can respect that i uh i call my company vinny Postetivo entertainment my website's vpe.tv but i also have the verified podcast Podcast exchange. Like I try to play in my uh, in my alphabet, you know, because uh, the because why not a creative challenge? But the amp, yeah, man, man, killer, right? killer, it's, it's, killer, uh, killer name. I, I love, love it. it. I, yeah, I just one day I just put it together and I was looking at it. I said, wait a minute, what? <laughs> this gift. Uh, yeah, this and that, and how many people now understand what what an amp actually is? That like audio has had a moment that like. Yeah, video, oh, yeah. you know, television, video is always, you know, movies, silver screen, t- the sil- small screen, everything except for the iPhone, right? It's always been <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> but absolutely, the audio is having a moment. But talking about wonderful and having moments and, and being someone that's actually been on a wonderful journey, helping others, you know, level up, if you will, yeah. you know, you a little bit about yourself, right? Where, where you from, OG, and, and, and early inspirations that led you on this path. Oh yeah, right. Uh, I'm uh, I'm born and raised in Staten Island, so I've been in New York. My hey, whole New life. York, Where, yeah, I'm Brooklyn. I'm, Greek, I'm in Brooklyn, Brooklyn now. I'm in uh, <laughs> I'm like uh, in, in in North Williamsburg, kind of Greenpoint area is where I'm at now. Okay. So it's just close That's enough to I be was. trendy, but still quiet. And I got dogs, and you know, a little quiet. Hey, I was on Morgan now. Avenue. That's where. I oh yeah, up. I know that well. All right, all right. We'll <laughs> connect. We'll connect and have to talk about restaurants. Well. You know, pandemic changed everything in in in, in the world, oh, yeah. let alone in New York. But it gave everyone the opportunity to rebrand, regardless oh, yeah. of how great you were doing or how bad you were doing. Whether it was your time to start over, or you, it was every single person had the opportunity to take a step back to refresh. And um, like I think there's part of me that's like a, a, vib- a vibrant New Yorker that comes into play. I love talking about you know being from New York. Um, I knew I would work in Times Square. That was always like the place where I wanted to work. It's so weird to say that, but like from Staten Island, that was my dream. Like I want to no, everybody want to work in the city. Everybody, the city. Yeah, you right. Know? Going, you want to go? You <laughs> take the ferry into the city. At first, by the way, um, uh, I was a computer programmer, so I went to school. I actually went to Wagner College. I went to school. Um, I went in as a psychology major with a scholarship in music. Um, okay which I point out only because it was in fifth grade that I was told that I had no musical talent and that oh, I couldn't man. join the band and I wasn't allowed to be in band with all my friends because oh, I had no musical talent. So, so that's, by the way, a seed. I point this out because that's like uh, the first seed in my life where someone tells me I can't do something. And I, I later realized as a child, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old that yeah. I'm capable of doing more than what people believe that, you know, I couldn't, I didn't necessarily have to have a goal to have a vision. Like I wanted to be in Times Square. I knew that, you know, yeah. I, MTV was not in Times Square when I had these like ch- big dreams of going to, you know, I don't even know it was in Times Square. You know what it was in Times Square? Like watch Pretty Woman <laughs> growing <laughs> up in New York in the eighties, you know, that's what yeah. was in Times Square. So I, I don't yeah. I, it was just something. Yeah, magnetic and to be surrounded by talent and the, the fervor and energy of new york city is something like i've always lived off of 
and uh, like have created off of and bounced energy off of. And it's, I find it very vibrant and energizing um, to be here. Uh, I also love being from New York because back when it was hard to travel, New York, I mean, like, you know, I go to Times Square, I can meet hundreds of people from hundreds of, if not thousands of different places, you know, in a lifetime. And uh, long story short, I bring up Times Square a lot because I went to this one casting on 45th and Broadway. It was actually MTV had this uh, a spanking new music week. MTV just got into Times Square. It was the whole new, you know, Y2K. Times Square is taken oh, okay. over by Disney and MTV. You know, it was all cool and trendy to be there. Uh, Whitney Houston uh, was dropping a single and I was picked out of the audience to ask her a question. And my question to Whitney, which I practiced, Ananda Lewis helped me, by the way. So if, you, if you're watching Teen Summit back in the 90s or MTV in the early 2000s, you'll know exactly who, who, who tapped me on the shoulder. She's the one who got me in to MTV. My question was, Whitney, what was it like recording with Mariah Carey on the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? And oh, I practiced so hard. <laughs> yeah, right? I just told you about the time of year, time of life. When, yeah. And um, long story short, you know, I spent an hour practicing. They, you know, they show me to the director up in the booth, whatever. When she comes out, when Whitney comes out, the stage manager says he's the, he's going to ask the question. This is the question he's going to ask. And I, she goes, I'm not answering that question. Give me a different question. And I was like, no. Back then, they didn't have me work <laughs> on two different questions. I was a one question asker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had, I had two weeks prior to that decided, like, I'm a data guy. Like I was saying, like, you know, like we want to work in the city. I wanted to work at at some type of financial institution that maybe produced theater like that in my mind, that's, that's kind of like where I, where I was going. And I was good with Microsoft Excel and back then Microsoft Access, which we use for databases. And I took out an ad on backstage while I was at Wagner College. And backstage is a a small magazine for people, non-union actors and models and people looking to get TV opportunities back in the 90s. Now it's backstage.com and I urge y'all to go there because there's awesome opportunities. I still do casting to this day because I can't stop. I love casting. I love Oh, I love OG finding people sign me up. But if, if it, I have to go back and cast a famous person already, I've already done that. I've done some really awesome, some awesome work <laughs> at MTV. You know, like we gave him, we gave Beyonce her first role in that, like a first featured role ever. In oh, movie, word. that was, yeah. Carmen, a hip hop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, hip hop going back. Yeah. Like, going back. Okay, like, that's then. like, okay. that's like, are you kidding me? What do you, what do you do after? And every, you know, Mandy Moore, uh, was introduced to me when she was 15. She was just starting to be a VJ, Whoa. a video jockey, a host on MTV. Okay. Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, you know, the, the, those, those teens were coming out. So MTV wanted someone that, that the audience can grow with. And like, I got to, I got to work with Diddy on making the band and Nick Cannon on Wild and Out and How'd Sharon you feel? Osbourne. Being around all this in this journey of yours, I mean, it was something you even expected. No, oh, I didn't. Oh, oh. I just you know, told you like, my dream. My dream was kind of Times Square. <laughs> like, you know? I mean, again, that's it. It's from that dream you get all this. I mean, how to be in it. What was that moment? What was the moment like to be in it? Oh, you we, know what? The moment, moment for me, I know when it, yeah. when it was. There, right after I asked that question, they said, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you. And I turned around and I said, look, I have this database of, of, of people. If you ever need m- more of us. Let me know. I'd love to. I'd love to be here. And and she said, "Well, yeah. we're we have, we just found out we're shooting a very Busta Christmas special tomorrow night with Busta Rhymes. <laughs> we need thirty people to come in the studio to sit around him while he reads nursery rhymes. Like, and, you know, he does the Busta version of like Christmas rhymes or whatever." I was like, "That's hysterical. Are you kidding me? Like, that's and I can get all of my friends on TV, and then they can have images of them on television that they can cut into the reel." Like oh, how else yeah. were we gonna get reels? We maybe, maybe some people had camcorders back then in the day, but there was a, a very different quality of commercialized camera that was out for us to use versus like what you saw on television. Now <laughs> you might not know the difference. Actually, now you you might watch a whole movie on TV and then it's like shot entirely on iPhone. You're like, yeah, what? I, I feel <laughs> you, man. I, I just dropped off of my studio the old school VHS camcorder. That's it. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, well, that's, I still have one working at that. <laughs> that's keep them, keep my technical skills go back. I mean, it, it was, it was why I could wire two VCRs together to edit, like my own, create uh, my own little editing station. <laughs> and when I told my, my soon to be boss at MTV back in the day that I had, you know, that skill, he was like, I didn't get hired because of casting. My casting abilities didn't get me my job at MTV. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. By the way, my, I was paid to meet people and respectfully and to collaborate with them and to be open to opportunities. And, um, and those were things I did as a freelancer. In 99, MTV decided they were going to create a talent development department and really, really hone in on building network-wide talent and figure out how to create more shows using more of the talent that we already had access to. Um, so like if you look at Jackass, how Jackass came in as a show and then, you know, Chris Pontius and Steve-O and they, every, everyone kind of got a spinoff and, um, and then the Wu-Tang. <laughs> yeah, that, well, I'm from Staten Island. You understand you like the, yeah, that, the input the dictates the output, by the way. Like, I, I, I know this by, yeah, right. by, the by vo- just that's the sheer Voltron, exposure. <laughs> the Voltron method, I want to call it. I that's mean, if I, you know, y'all split up and then when together, y'all won, but split up, y'all forces on y'all own. It's you know why because because it takes an audience and it turns it into a community. Usually, two audience you need two audiences or more to build community. So an, an audience to me is someone who arrives for a leader, a performer, a speaker, some some someone who's look, gaining visibility, uh, and is an audience member is there for a sole purpose. A community is there for the congregation, for the community, for the action, for the energy, not, not just solely for the sole purpose. So when Beyonce, for example, who does not need to be doing, you know, Coachella and other music festivals by any stretch of the imagination for exposure, mm-hmm. when she does those types of events, Lady Gaga even, when they do these types of events and they bring their massive audience into a massive cultural connection where there's so much more community to happen. That's, that's where real growth on, on that level happens because now you have people who are not just experiencing and are, you know, are not that you're just not visible, but you've created an experience that's that experience is shareable and it's shareable by way of content and social media and podcasts and all the other ways that we know how to, you know, share experiences like that. And it's in that shareability that leads to discovery, right? If, if I just increased your visibility, if you think just increasing visibility gets you more discovered, what that actually gets you is like, oh man, that guy, <laughs> oh, that song again, like that show again, like you, it almost has no value to its existence for you to share it. So you can either consume it and accept it and have a quiet relationship with it. Or find that it's valuable for somebody else. And there's this pack mentality that is built into us to want to prove to our friends, our family, the people we worship with, the people we go to school with, the people we work with, to add value to their lives. You know, even in recommending a a new song, recommending, you know, recommending a new TV show, right? It's not in us watching it that makes that show successful. It's in us talking about it. Think about all the show, you know, how many times everyone at the hall, at the Thanksgiving table asked me if I was watching Yellowstone. Cause apparently last November of 2022, apparently everyone in the world was watching Yellowstone. So I felt pressured into watching this, this piece of content that everyone had some type of <laughs> cultural reference to. Um, I, have not, I have not fallen into the pressure, my friend. No, I don't guess. do it. Yeah. Yeah. They got me on Paramount and Peacock <laughs> and all the different pluses, you know, all those. So many more, by the way, there's so many more networks than there are podcasts. And people say, like, there's, are you afraid of being a podcaster? Like, the space is getting so big. Like, are you afraid you're going to get lost? I'm like, what? Like, well, who's telling you this stuff? <laughs> Where are you? Fe- no, no. In fact, in fact, I am part of the alchemy of the growth of podcasting. Like, Al, this, us, this, this collaboration here is what's making the podcast space just one episode bigger, one episode richer, and then we'll talk about collaborating Absolutely. afterwards and taking <laughs> world domination. But it's it's us who have the freedom, the rights, the rights. Like we, we you own this space. In TV, it doesn't work that way. A lot of those names I mentioned at the top of this do not yeah. own the content that you know them for. You know, it's a it's a different world, and and we're ahead right now, podcasters, business owners who are investing in creating content that they own, we're ahead because 
we understand how certain shows like Friends or Seinfeld, you know, we understand how different networks bundle content and we see them moving around. Now, now we can start to spot and understand how TV has been leveraging, owning content for years. And what we're going to be able to do, especially in the Web3 section, I'm not talking about, you know, um, Web3 in the form of like uh, blockchain and, uh, mm-hmm. and crypto, but more so in the community, you know, section where oh yes where where i come from the real people economy we're currently in the creator economy now like i think that future economy is the community economy and that's oh yes. that's a strong economy that's it's there's a power in numbers experience in that. that's coming and that absolutely yeah. you're going to be able to give them a constant experience at home through an avatar i mean how nuts is that <laughs> yeah well I, I love technology too i love even the ai stuff yeah, you know I mean, so let me ask you then. So, how can a brand leverage? I mean, what what can they do when, when you speak of you know putting themselves out there? What yeah. is just some basic and small things that a brand can do to to build that awareness? Oh, cool. Themselves? All right. So, uh, let's say the first thing is you have no time, no money, no resources, no anything other than your own expertise. How do you make noise with that? I gotta be honest. Podcast guesting. It is, yes. my, I have, my face lights up. I, I feel horrible. <laughs> the, yo, I've been so, I've been, inter, I've been doing this, like what we're doing here for 25 years. This is what, this is how I, this is how I cast now? the housewives of New Jersey and millionaire and matchmaker and like through virtual this. And then I cut my voice yes. out all the hours of production. All I have to do now as a guest is show up with value. I mean, I do work. I I sit down and I come up with thoughts and ideas that I stick to, that I prove. You know, I, I realize that that my facts don't change, that the characters don't change, but the story changes depending on who the audience is, who the who the host is. That that's that actually as a as a guest has made me feel even more valuable to be a, a better host. Like learning how to be a guest on podcast made me feel more valuable as a host. And the thing that podcasters can do now, I mean, nobody owns the podcasting industry. There's like five people who own TV when you look at like the publicly yeah. traded sectors. So, so I show up to this podcast with a very different emotional connection to this piece of content than I would if I was going to a, a network that no one in that room that I'm working with has final authority on what happens with that footage after it's been recorded. And that's terrifying to me. I've seen people's whole careers go. I've seen Ashley Simpson lose her entire show and millions of dollars because she missed the cue of a song on live TV. I mean, I've seen, and I'm not, I'm not coming from, yeah. a, I'm not solely coming from a place of fear, but I'm coming from a place of strength that, yeah. that my successes shouldn't be because nothing bad happened, but I can be successful because of my surroundings, not in spite of them. That's the power we have here. I also believe that, as independent as an independent creator and as a as a business owner as a small business owner um and I identify more as a small business owner than an entrepreneur but I would put entrepreneurs in this bucket too that being able to own something like a a podcast I I can't it, I don't there's nothing I've been able to create more success from than podcasts from from wow. 2006 when I first took my first podcast to broadcast show that was um Shout out to Fat Man Scoop and uh, and Shonda. Hey, hey. Fat Man yeah. Scoop. The yeah, right. Fat you got a fifty dollar bill. Put your hands up. You got a he, hey. he his, They had this really cool. You know, back then in two thousand six, podcasting. The barrier to podcasting was equipment. So if you if you were a DJ and you were in the studio and you were in a radio, and you had access to something. Then then more likely than not, a lot of celebrities leaned in, and, and specifically a lot of music supervisors and. Uh, and, and music executives leaned into podcasting. We had the access, you know, we had the access to the mic. Uh, I'll never forget. He played, he played it for me. They, they went to the the studio and, re- and recorded it. And I was like, yeah, but this is your wife. And it sounds like you're like in a audio booth talking about sex. I'm like, I don't, I don't mean to sound creepy, but that sounds creepier than what I'm about to pitch you, <laughs> which is like, you should take the microphone to your bedroom and record it in your bedroom. And like, Let's just like, let me hear you moving around. I don't want to hear it. Like, don't do anything weird. You know, I'm not like, this is not consent to do what you want. But like, but I don't know. I just felt like there could be more grit to the conversation. Take me into that, that man and wife space. Because, yeah. you know, 
MTV, when I was watching it in the 90s, it was Dr. Drew Pinsky and Adam Carolla, like two guys that uh, <laughs> did not have sex the way that I do. <laughs> so, and, and, and joked about a lot of the other ways people, you know, so it was like a very different, you know, time. I also thought a killer opportunity for a married couple to talk about, you know, that it was either, it was either Dr. Drew or Dr. Ruth. <laughs> or, oh yeah. And then Adam <laughs> Carolla was like, the, he'll mansplain it for you, whatever, you know. That's the last person you want to hear anyone talk about. Yeah. That. Right. I That's why I was like, scoop it. And, and, and they didn't pretend to be perfect, <laughs> you know, but they were married and they had, they had figured it out for them, you know, like, I, I had a lot of respect for that. That was, that was cool. So, but I've, I've had more success converting and, and now, even now I have podcasts that are, have deals that Netflix as unscripted or HBO max is scripted. So we've been able to help uh, lo- lawyers with exclusivity and caseloads and, and other creators oh, types, oh, you know, big. really leverage what they have access to. And um, all that to be said through podcasting, it's easier to get a podcast into a book, in my opinion, for me personally, with the way I create for some reason, than it is to make a book into a podcast or a book into a film. It's easier for me to do podcast to film than it is to do TV show to film. I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I guess it's based so. on the lane that, that you've coming through. You know what I mean? So. I know. I know. Also, that's, that's a really awesome perspective. Yeah, I think that that lane that I've been on, a lot of those other people um, that were at MTV in the late 90s, early 2000s, they are also the people at these platforms that I'm talking about. And, and you know, when you speak the buyer's language, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's the seller's option. So I think that's a that's a, gr- a good point you bring out there. Yeah, man, I'm saying. So, you know, all right. So, what have you learned from the your mistakes or your failures on this journey? Oh, <laughs> oh, that everything happens for a reason. My one of my biggest mistakes and one of my biggest failures, I would say, I, it's not it's not really a failure, but. I see it as a failure. I did a ten, I did a ten episode series, a, a ten episode uh, season one series um, called "Me and Mr. Jones" with Nas and Khalees, like the first year that they married. So basically, what we did with Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson, I, I just did with Nas and Khalees, and it was it was the first time Nas had ever executive produced a project, which I thought a, t- I mean, a TV project like that That's that was you, yeah. you know, such a big order. Like I was, you know. You get to work with a lot of people, but you don't get to work with them first. Yeah. Very oh, often. I get that. You actually, to that cherry. I get I feel you. That's what you <laughs> and you never you never forget your you never forget your first. That's so funny that I'm saying this. I this uh by the way, because the person who taught me that was that was Funkmaster Flex. He Dude. Oh my god, I'm like It's the truth. I'm trained by like legends legendary creators no. that just when people tell me oh you're my first podcast i embarrass them by saying so i popped your podcast cherry you know, <laughs> uh, you know they're like oh my god yeah it's like all right there you go you're gonna is like, yeah we'll definitely remember you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you it's true though um flex flex came into my office one day and was like He's like, you don't have any, I had no awards. Like I'm, I'm in my home office now. So, uh, okay. my boyfriend didn't let me have awards, <laughs> but I have uplighting. How dare I, won, you? I won that. You I won let, that. <laughs> I let you show us some stuff. Come but on, I, man. <laughs> I have a, but yeah. So I have some cool plaques I, I'd love to put up, but, uh, he was like, you'll know, you'll, you'll never forget your first plaque. He's like, I have to make sure that I cut. And it was like either going to be him or Tyrese were going to be my first plaque. And he was like, I have to make sure I'm your first plaque because you'll never, ever forget it. And I, that com, I, Every moment of that conversation, I, when people go, well, what separate? What makes you different as a casting director? What makes you different as a brand creator? What makes you different as a storyteller? I'm like, I, I, I just, I was, I just did it first, and I did it well, and I did it well because I was really positioned with tremendous support from a network and from a creative community that wanted to comply and work with MTV. Up until like 2007, when things got fugazi, and they got out because like <laughs> YouTube and everything, you know, iPhone and yeah. all that other stuff happened around MTV the that they didn't want to play. Yeah, MTV they didn't want to pay attention changed. to. Yeah. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. And that's when the power shifted. That's when the power shifted to us. And that's important. Isn't that amazing? That power shift, though. Yeah. Like, so, would, would you have predicted this then that this would have happened? Oh no. Uh well yeah. <laughs> so then we get too real brown. <laughs> I'm pretty you know what why uh, I think that I 
<laughs> I might not land if, if I start thinking about the future or trends in the future. I might not land on the actual line item, but I get really close to the where the market splits. Like for example, high definition or Blu-ray. Like oh. there was a split that happened. By the way, I don't. The, Apparently, one of the, one of the big box companies back then made a decision they were going to carry this format and not the other one, and that's what wiped out you know the other format. And then, and then Netflix needed to comply because there was a whole mail order. It's really interesting. But that's what I love about I bring up ninety five to ninety nine. This is like in Staten Island where I'm learning how to move media around. The biggest fail was was yeah. Nas, but that came as with a shift of power. MTV's heads changed and the, the head of programming changed. And oftentimes when that happens, there has to be a programmatic change. Um, and what stung is that it was replaced with a show that I cast. <laughs> so I was not happy oh. about that either. Oh, um, and a really successful one, by the way, called The Hills, which has gone oh, still, what? it still goes on and on, but, but I don't, but shout out uh, to Nick Cannon uh, and DJ Direct for holding down the fort on while and out because that show was, <laughs> If you, I mean, we can, I'll have to come back and talk about what I learned from Nick Cannon, man. Oh, man. Oh, how, please, how MTV yeah. told him no. Much and this is to him. Yeah, oh, sure. it's uh, on the business side. That's sure. it. <laughs> he, you know what? It's funny. People are like, you know, they joke around about the kid count and stuff like that. I know that guy. I mean, that man doesn't do anything that's not intentional. So, like, be very clear about that. Like, there is, he is very aware of the surroundings, how to offer himself up, how to create a room that, yeah. Like, yes. it's, I've seen that at work. Um, I give him massive credit for sure, man. He has good energy. He put out a good vibe, and you know, he, he a real dude. I, I see, I see. And it. he did it. And he did it since he was a kid, by the way. And he yeah. hasn't had a break. Like when when MTV started working with him, it was really, to be honest, I think I think there was talk about him kind of replacing Carson Daly on the on TRL. Like I think that might have mm -hmm. been one of the plans and. Nick was like, I'm not doing a daily show. I just want to do while and out. And they said, no, they passed on the show. And I remember it was during Christmas break. He was still dating Christina Milian back in the day. And Christina and Nick went to a comedy club and they shot the tape. Christina was the other celebrity on the other side so that the people in the room watching it at MTV could see what a celebrity and Nick Cannon head to head would look like. Of course, they had just done, you know, their blockbuster duo together and they were kind of you know, one, one of the sweethearts of, of that young crowd of, of TRL. Yep. So it, it really helped people understand that. And then Cat Williams came on board with the cast and then Nick called in some, some big asks to make sure that the right people, the right talent were attached to it. That's one lesson I learned quickly on that show. You know, even if you pitch, you know, a kid talent show to TLC, Toddlers and Tiaras, all these other versions of these. If those kids don't actually truly have remarkable talent, the show won't land. So it was more than just the concept. It was the cast that really pushed it through. You know, I didn't even think about this. And that's exactly what Ashton, it's exactly what Ashton Kutcher did with us with Punk. He brought in Dax Shepard. I don't remember, people kind of no, forget that no. Dax was one of the original, it was Dax and, and, um, <laughs> and a guy named Al uh, who were the two sort of improv actors on that show. But uh, yeah. Dax wanted, he, Dax was really, Dax and Ashton were very afraid of being perceived as being like an MTV host. So Ashton had to figure out how to address the camera without holding a microphone, which is where he created that look in the black room with the, you know, just kind of talking with the hat on, all that. No, with the look. producer look. <laughs> that producer, because you know why? He wanted the whole reason he did Punkta so he could show the world that he could produce. There's the whole reason he did that show was so he could show them not only is he capable <laughs> of being in hit series, but he can make them. That's the first well, hit he made that he owned, and that launched his company. That launched. His is that still a good tactic today? To to still you know come off like that? Like yeah, I'm I'm the business immediately. Do you think it still works today, or or is the world changed that much? That um, I well, I, I he would do it. I know he would do it differently now with ownership first and foremost. Okay. Uh, also, uh, you know, it's like b believing in. It's like believing in yourself. You know, it's like it's not. It's it's not. It's knowing it's it's hard. It's hard as a creator to answer that. 
to answer that question. I kind of went into creator mode on that question. It's hard sometimes for us to see what our value is today based yeah. on our skill set today, knowing the impact we can make tomorrow. Like that's that's hard to um that's a hard thing to like map out and understand what is you know appropriate. I'm I'm thinking right now who 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 wrote the jingle for uh Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Um, who wrote that? Um, <laughs> and I think that he just did Arby's. Uh, if that, if I'm right, I think he just did like Arby's commercial and like the the, the difference on the payout. Yeah, it was. It was push a T. Push a D, push a T was a buyout for McDonald's. The ba -da -ba -ba -ba. and then they already had Justin on the track, so I think he got whatever it's reported. I don't know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar flat buyout. Flat. All right. And then versus what? And then imagine if he was getting a piece of that. Every time we heard ba da ba ba ba, are you kidding me? That's the sweetest <laughs> sound of money ever. So, but I know, I know that <laughs> I know that he changed his deal. It was a bit. I remember reading it maybe like a month or two ago about his Arby's deal, and uh, and and the power in knowing yourself, your value, your worth. Isn't that funny? Push it to hip hop artists doing. Yeah, fast food jingles. <laughs> that's, but that's right. And then like, and he, 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 there's there's some really cool press out there about it. Like I've 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 read up on it because I thought I, I love talent deals. I love I love watching talent evolve. Uh, this conversation that the creative community is having, that Kesha is having, that Taylor Swift is having, that artists are having about those contracts. I mean, I've seen those contracts. Not those contracts aren't going to fly in the creator economy anymore. The, those contracts are going to look very different by the time by the time we're done with them. The power has shifted. It's no longer through the you know the the ad gates of television or radio anymore that we have the power. And right now we're still pretty heavily reliant on shared space, whether it's radio, digital radio, or even social audio. So I, I think in terms of audio distribution, podcasting out is is the most um, uh, neutral uh, piece of content in the audio sphere that isn't owned by someone. You know, like no one owns the podcasting space. We we own our content, and it's the RSS, a really simple syndication uh, RSS right. link that says "ping" is something new. Deliver it like that's that's powerful, and we have the ability now to create content and own it and get it out there. And if that content is shareable, it will lead to visibility. You know, if you're taking your podcast episodes and turning them into blogs, it's going to lead to more SEO reach. Unfortunately, Google just announced that podcasts will no longer be included in Google search results. So in the December of 2022, they removed a little play button that it used to be like some of our content would pop up in search yes. results and you could push play. They removed that last year. And at the top of this year, they announced that they're getting rid of podcasts from the search results, uh. which means that if you want to search podcast information you go to google podcast and search there yeah, on that platform yeah, yeah. so for us creating a blog about our podcast is one of the best ways to make sure that we are represented you know well, that's online. the first thing i did have a website I, that's I've it always thought website make sure i get all the social media branded then somebody so all comes back on the to podcast you, right? and get it done yeah so everything everything that's it. absolutely that's it because because <laughs> what happens is is people push the story more than pushing the source and when you take yes. a moment to step back and say no i am the amp like this is like i am yeah. the source of these episodes there's there's real power in that by the way um I, so i just figured this out if you take your blog rss link um head over to publishercenter.google.com and set up your blog rss to be approved by google so that other websites can find your blog rss and then pull your content I'd be happy, yeah, by the way, yeah, to show you how to do that afterwards. And I actually pull, I pull podcast content to my website. I have a podcast.com and, and oh, I have a podcast.com, by the way. So I created a website because I have like my friends from MTV on my website, on my podcast. I don't have new friends made in like the last 10, 15 <laughs> years. So for all of us, like I created a website so I can write articles about you because I know that. I know that most of us podcasters put our podcast name first. Maybe if we get an article, usually our podcast name is in it or it's a listicle and we're like we're one of five or something like that. So I, I created this website for two reasons. One, so that I could help you and us get more press that's out there. You mean this site? 
Oh, you're <laughs> you're awesome. Yeah, exactly. This one, well, this one, yeah, this is my uh, this is my home base. If you go to IHaveAPodcast.com, um, oh, the, the, the site that I'm referring to uh, right here. Um, thank you very much. For, I really appreciate that. Um, oh, this is the space that I created for us, and I built it with my little database background in mind. So, like now, I have you know a couple of thousand podcasters that I've been able to meet, that I've been able to amplify. That hey, brands. look at that! Is. Look Woo. at us! Look, I just dropped ClickFunnels free trial. I just, I just dropped in some ads. I'm making like four bucks a day on Google Ads now. Hey, just, man, four bucks a day. Four bucks space. a day. Yeah, just to prove <laughs> the space. You know, it's it it it's compounded. Um, I hit you with a little pop up on the newsletter, y'all. Don't be afraid to put an ask out there. You know, do not be afraid to say sign my newsletter. What I am putting out is worthy. Is worthy content. I yeah. want to click it off now because it's the live show. Um, <laughs> <I'll do it laughs> no, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, make yourself comfortable, by the way, here. And and while you're here, I'll just, you know, this is something I normally would. Um, nice. Let's see, we're 35 minutes into this chat, so I, I don't mind dropping this interview. Oh, yeah, that's super, super cool. There's uh, Damien Fahey, by the way. Uh, that dude is the co, he's the co EP of Family Guy right now. He used to host TRL. Oh, what? Okay. I found him in like a radio basement doing like uh, uh, host auditions one day. It was, the kid changed my life. Mandy Moore, I, I see here on the stage. Uh, you got Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule and I, we talked about the power of collaboration. You know, I was. was talk about that. Yeah, I know. I, I love that because I, I believe in that as well. Because I, I always talk people this work together. Together, we, you know, it, it it takes a village. You know, they use that term to raise a child, but I think that also applies to building a business. It takes a village. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, in TV, we have something called the video village. Like, uh, there'd be like, you know, if there's five or six crews that are shooting, there would be like one small area that would have five screens and we'd kind of like looking at everything that's happened. In reality TV, that's how we would like, like in the Osbournes, we'd be in the, we'd be in the, um, what's it called? The garage. I'm like, I'm so, I'm so from New York that I didn't <laughs> even know the word garage because we don't even have that. Hey, in listen, New York. <laughs> somebody was telling me from England, garage, garage. Oh, garage. And, and I'm like, what's yeah. a garage? I'm, I was totally confused. You know where you park your car. So where you, you put your garage. carriage. He goes, you put no. your carriage in the garage. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? He had me so lost. I had, I had so to ask funny. Google. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I know. Right. You, you move it at that speed. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's good times. <laughs> it, 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 it is. So before we start the other website as well, um, one question before we move on to that, and then we go. So, sure. what are some ways that you've worked to increase diversity in and representation in media? And what do you have? What type of advice you have for others who want to do the same? Oh yeah, cool. Um, well, that's a serious question. So, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, uh, you know, I was lucky to be at MTV maybe three or four years after maybe UMTV Raps was created and on the air and, and deemed a success and the culture in that, in that building had changed. So by the time I got into MTV, I was surrounded by uh, a representation of people that I was not aware of, even from my little island of Staten Island, but where I actually thought there were a lot, I thought there were a lot more Vinnies in New York. And it turns out there's like huh. one, by the way. I'm like the only one, but it's so uh -huh. strange. I don't know how many Vinnies you know, but there's not a lot of us in this area. So. Only in the movies. Yeah, right? <laughs> only in the movies. It's very true. So when I got to MTV, you know, I learned from, you know, the best of the best. The, the, the piece of diversity that mattered to me the most um, that I, I knew I could impact was not just in the result of, of diverse decisions in the room, but the inclusive approach to get the right people in the room. I think that that's, I think that that's where I look around, you know, the people that I idolized were the people that were on TV at that moment. A lot of them we talked about already. Um, they had sources, they had friends. I never tried to be the cast is so weird to say this. I never tried to be a casting expert. I never tried to be really good at casting. I never tried for casting to be my thing. What I did do was get assigned to find a host for a show and trust that I knew the right people who would take me there. And that, and that I could keep the door open for those people for but other opportunities. But it's also a gauge of energy, right? So, I mean, how do yeah. you even gauge the energy? Like, what yeah. wavelength are you looking for, if, if you will? Yeah, like, well, it's the, the high-low, it's the high-low, all of it. You know, for me, 
Also in 99, 98, uh, I had the mentality of I'm going to work here forever. I don't even think I had like a Gmail address yet. Like that was, <laughs> right? Like What's we didn't, Gmail? Yeah, back then you had to have an invite to Gmail. It was a Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, there was no idea. Yeah, yeah, I remember I was like Vinny, Vinny.p at MTV.com. And I thought that would just be my email address forever. I still and, got uh, my Hotmail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you? Yeah, yeah, I'm still, I'm still Vinster19 at AOL. In the music industry and in TV, we use that a lot to that and our next tells like, you know, I, I look back on my, oh. my contacts sometimes it makes me laugh because I'm like, oh, I got that person's info. I got it. And I'm like, oh, T-Mobile. <laughs> I got their pin number from their two way. Oh, um, but it was it was it was learning the the way to approach inclusivity as 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 a system. You know, like I didn't do many things once and never again. I built on the system that I, I worked with. I, once I gauged in um, energy and understood the input, I I also had a trim, had a growing platform. I'm MTV, MTV2, MTV3, MTV.com, mm, MTV yeah. Film. I've mean, got a growing platform with many, uh, many. Yeah, they're on that ride, man. That's yeah, cool. right. So I had places, MTV Hits, MTV Desi, I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> Where I gotta put you? <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Um, it's funny that makes me laugh because then, then MTV I thought, on I, the water, let's go. Yeah, right. Like there was, there, there. I had, I had, I was supported by a growing brand that understood the value of story, and and don't forget, MTV created a music video, and then MTV went and gave labels hundreds of thousands of dollars to offset the cost of those music videos, and because we used to be the only platform that played them. And then YouTube and some like AOL music kind of stuff started happening and MTV wasn't getting the world premieres. We actually had it. And then on cable as well, you started getting more video request platforms. That's it. You know, that had the unedited videos. Oh yeah. That's the other thing. Remember? (laughs) Yeah. So yes, I remember that because I thought I was all like big wig, you know, like, you know, like it don't stink. And then I would be, I would be like, wait, what is this song fully about? Like, we don't have, this is, we have a different version back then. What are those curse words? My yeah, God. I'm just going to sit this one out, guys. And uh, <laughs> so I have an aversion to, I, I, I'm, I'm more of a, I have more of a musical mind than, than I, I can sometimes hear a song and sing it, but have no clue what it's actually about, but understand the music part, but not the words. You know, no, I, I was you. shook. You know that song, If You Like Pina Coladas? Yeah. I was shook when I found out what that song was about. What, 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 yeah. What, 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 we'll leave that for the, by the <laughs> oh, way. No, I, I, actually, I, the truth is, it, it's all about a couple who's basically, they're fed up with each other and they're looking to cheat on each other and they create these profiles that are their ideal profiles and then they find each other in the cheap uh. profiles <laughs> and it said do you like pina coladas do you like the, oh, was, man. so that's what that, i was like what lines. i was like that's, that's a like line would that like, work today or the shaggy song it wasn't me I, I was like wait what is this song fully about this is mtv got it funny you know <laughs> oh, yeah. yes 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 that one was definitely a flip. <laughs> that was a great one when you hear kids singing that song you're like how did you, how did we get away with this how did that yeah that right they got the kids bop track <laughs> <laughs> yeah right now that's so 2005 you know that so, yeah, so for me so for me it was to, uh, and i appreciate the question about diversity it was about, it was about being inclusive it, it, by the time the room by the time the people were in the room and I was in the room that those people were in, it was too late. I had to make sure that the right options were constantly being vetted, constantly being filled and on a, on a, on a large scale. And, and by the way, I was a, a data dude. Like my, I talked about my databases. I used my databases on, that's how I got hired by MTV for want to be a VJ. So like organizing information and being able nice. to like, that's, that's, that was built. I was built to do that. And people say, skill, man. what did I, skill, I wrote dude. SOPs. Like I wrote standard operating procedures for a giant network as a 20 <laughs> something year old. And, uh, again, I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know now. Like I didn't know then what I know now. And I now, you know, now, uh, now, now you do it for yourself <laughs> and you're your own, you're your own brand right here. That, that, that's what, that's what's important. So you yeah. got the I have a podcast, and you also have the other site that I was showing real quick 
want to take too much more of your time. So what, what, what's VPE.TV all about? Yeah, right VPE.TV VPE is my home base. This is actually okay. where I have my creator hub. Um, and if you go on my creator hub, you'll see I have, I have hundreds of pieces of information that I just share. Um, step-by-step guide on how to get your podcast listed on IMDb. So so if you're a podcast Ooh, what? owner. Wait, wait, wait. I could put my podcast on yeah, IMDb because I have big. an actor credit there. This is big. Yeah. If you're on IMDb, it's even easier um, because all you have to do is add your your podcast as intellectual property and then you attach yourself as the executive producer, the writer, the you know, the host, all of the same, the same exact title that Spielberg and everyone else has. You know what I mean? Um, Homie, you just made me so happy. I'm going to do this immediately. So much. Wait, listen to the guests. All your guests get discoverability. So now you can put me on our episode when our episode airs. Ooh. And people who are on my IMDb will see that I was on your podcast. It's a great form of discoverability. There is, there is nothing like this step right now from podcast to IMDb. There is nothing that creates as many backlinks and link backs and energy that really? pushes back to your than this uh, have you ever Wonderful. won any awards you have a production company I, I won, we won a one award <laughs> that's big you now now what you do is you you claim that award on imdb attach it to yourself to your podcast to your podcast production company to your distribution and what that allows you to do is you'll see you'll see it in your you'll see it in your google image search You'll see it yeah. in your image searches right away. Also, by the way, I can go on and on about that one. Um, that one. Awards worthy of winning. You talked about it. You want to be an award-winning brand. You got to got to apply. Some okay. are free. Some are paid. But I've got a strong list that are there. Um, if you're looking to get paid as a creator and you want you know you want to be on one of those lists where brands go when they're looking for people that they don't know but they trust and they pay you to create mm. content those are called creator marketing platforms and i have a okay. list right there I, th- I think it's like over 50 by now of the, of a uh, platform i broke it down by industry so you can take a look and see and there what industry works um it's just a chock full of information to make sure you are, you know, clear set and on your way. And anything we talk about here, you know, on this podcast is supported on that website. Yeah, production and content creation, legal design and branding. I mean, this is all you. You got a team monetization. To be oh, honest, gosh. I put them in a place where me and my team could share Dude. them. And, like, they're the ones that I actually use. Creator grants and programs. Oh, my god. Yeah, that's gosh. a good one. There's so much. Especially Pinterest, by the way. Pinterest is giving away so much money for creators. Pinterest really? TV, brand new. Don't don't sleep on Pinterest TV. It's already an amazing search platform for photos. Now that they've created Pinterest TV, which is long-form, uh, vertical, uh, evergreen, so it's it's not – doesn't go away in 24 hours or 48 hours. Clickable, shoppable, yeah. immersible talent. So I got I, amazing traffic on my Pinterest. Amazing traffic. Yeah, yeah. If you've if you've been pinning even a little bit, you still get a tremendous you know reach. I feel like on that. But if oh, you're, no, if no, you're dude, at it, my numbers are insane. Yeah, it's strong. It's, it's strong like, as a wow, podcaster. Okay. As yeah. a podcaster, you might think of uploading your you know if you're creating long form reels on instagram things that are longer than shorts on youtube yeah. if you're creating long form reels for instagram or other vertical leaning content tiktok i hear is coming out with a podcast section i guess they call it uh, let's go um, uh, podcasters put it, put mine's up there too let's go that's where uh that's where that content can go to live and then you could put like click here for my free guide click it doesn't have to be paid just just because someone clicks on it so I, I would load it up with all your freebies so that people actually, you know, take the leap and convert. All the social media verification, all the ways that I know how to get verified, it's all there. Nice. It's all no longer on Twitter. E- I mean, you just put it right. Twitter, eight dollars. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but by the way, so even then, here's my. You want my hack for Twitter right now? Like yeah. the one that's working for me is I paid eight dollars once. That was three months ago, and they still haven't taken away the blue check. So you don't get the benefits of all the other stuff that comes along with Twitter blue, but you still get the blue check after you stop paying the eight bucks. If you've got, if you've got a couple of businesses that you're trying to get verified, you have a couple of accounts, you only got to pay eight bucks once and step back sooner or later, that's going to go away. But I know that it's, it's more expensive to take information off the internet than it is to put it on. So I had an inkling 
that my blue check would stay well after I stopped paying because someone has to either go in manually and remove that or they would create a script. And it doesn't make sense for me to demerit me that that experience when I think such a low amount of people have actually b- bought that. Um, yeah. on, so really what Twitter wants is for me to have the blue check so that when people click on it, it says this person got it because of Twitter blue. That's free marketing for them. So I, yeah. I believe that that's why I still verify, but eight bucks once that's the, that's the hack right now. It works. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> and of course, you know, if you're going to get <laughs> the verification this. on Twitter, you don't change your profile for like a month before you apply because it yeah. takes a long time to get that cleared. Oh yeah, definitely don't change stuff. That I learned the hard way as well, for sure. Yeah. But I love this. I mean, look at all these amazing tips, podcast strategy, TV. I, I, mean, I have a podcast. I mean, Vinny, you're doing it all. We hang out, right? We hang out. We show up. <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, and, and thank you for even putting out there and creating these hubs and providing this free information. Something I, I wish I knew about when I first started this. I wish I had someone like you when I first started. So, you know, it's wonderful to see that, that now I've It's all about you. loops. It's all about loops. You know, oh, for, we first start this year. So now we first start together. And now I'm excited here. All about loops. <laughs> so you get into, you're still in media, so you can help us build and develop some content, huh? Yeah, I'm passionate about that. Hey, man, do, do, do I have a friend that has an idea? <laughs> I I got a friend that has a platform. <laughs> All right, yo. So we 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 have stuff. Yeah, we gotta definitely book a call. So folks, right there, we have ideas, talent development. I mean, he's there to help. Vinny is here to help you, folks. So please make sure to visit that website right here. I've been showing it off. It's look, this one. It's vpetalent.com or vpe.tv. You can also go to ihaveapodcast.com. All right, just see you again right there. Don't be scared. She ain't going to do nothing to you. Finals is over. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'll tell you this too for anyone who's listening this deep. I was going to say this earlier, but this deep into the uh, interview. Uh, if you go to IHaveAPodcast.com slash interview, that will take you to the form that I have my my featured podcast form that I actually pull and create those articles from. So I, I use that as an opportunity, obviously, between, you know, us to, to, you know, support you and your podcast and the way that I know how to do that. But if people are out there and they're passionate about a podcast, whether they have one or they want to refer one, um, I'm happy to share that word of mouth. I'm happy to share that um, out there. Otherwise, let them go search for it. <laughs> there you go. Start yeah. searching and start working. Uh, Vinny, That's it. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate yeah. you hanging out with me, sharing and spilling all that knowledge, sharing your journey. You're amazing. You know. Keep going. Keep rocking. Can't wait to see what else you, you do. Keep blessing those people. And, folks, the websites are below. Make sure to click away. Show the love and support. Everybody, hasta la próxima. Thank you so much. Bye. And that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Episode of the Alpha the Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the stories from our guests. Remember. Success is a journey, not a destination. And every step you take, no matter how small, no matter how brings you closer to your goal. Don't give up on your dreams and keep pushing forward. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and stay motivated. Stay motivated.